0: hello and welcome to clamp the creating living and making podcast i'm your host adam mackie and joining me as always is magic mike morley hello (laughs) (laughs) and i don't have something funny for grant but grant alexander hello if you want to know what that's in reference to you have to listen to the pre-show yeah yeah uh Great. What have you done this week? Have you finished your your um, have you finished your cabinet yet?
1: No, I haven't finished my cabinet yet. So when we were talking last week, I mentioned that I would have to either make new drawers or inset the uh, drawer slides because they were uh, it was like basically it's three millimeters. I measured it. I I measured in metric just for you, Adam. Uh, it was <laughs> three millimeters difference between what my drawers are and what the it needs to be. So I am using my brand new router that came in early um, to uh, route into the plywood a little 1.5 millimeters on each side, actually like two millimeters on each side because I want to give myself a one millimeter difference um, to, so that the, the drawer slides are just slightly inset, but that doesn't affect them sliding in and out.
2: Grant, I saw in your story, it said M18 router, but then it said corded performance. Is it a corded router? Yes.
1: No, it has the performance of a corded. Oh, okay.
2: I was like, that makes no sense. M18 is a battery system. Okay. They're just showing off. Makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. It's just trying to show off that you can... So with the biggest battery, with this, you can do 250 (laughs) hours
0: of routing. (laughs) It's always the way. It has... Power- corded performance if you use the most expensive powerful battery we sell.
1: Oh no! Like it has corded performance with the shitty battery, it just oh, okay. doesn't last yeah. as long. Like so, yeah. I have some batteries that I got. My wife uh, got when we weren't even married yet, like nine years ago. So I have those batteries still from like the little like cheapo two drill driver set. I still have those batteries yeah. that lasted. Like thirty minutes in there, but they don't last very long anymore. They're very great. old. Oh, that's not bad. How,
0: how like how often do you can use a router for half an hour? Unless you're a tradie.
1: right? Or you're trying to route out the stupid drawer slide things, and you're doing it really slowly and trying to be nice and careful.
0: You're only taking off and, two mil.
1: Yeah, but you want to do it in a nice straight line. Hmm. Oh, you do your freehand. Yeah, and I'm doing a freehand. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an awesome tool. I really love it. Everything I love about it except for the, uh, the vacuum port on it is only it, – it points one direction. So everything mm-hmm. about the tool, I go like, they really thought about this. They thought some people like to use two wrenches, so they designed it to have take two wrenches and have the little button that you can press and just use the That's button. That's cool. So yeah. I like using the button because I don't like having two wrenches. I'd prefer to just have the button. So it's got the button. Mm. Great. But this little vacuum port thing comes off on an angle, which is great if you're using it in a certain direction, but as soon as you try and use it on the other direction, it's it's like impossible to use. And I'm like is, gosh darn it.
0: Is the base is the base the same uh, d- distance from the router bit on all four sides or is there one side that is shorter?
1: Uh, all four sides are the same.
0: Yeah, my my router has one side that is one centimeter smaller, and I didn't realize. And I was halfway through routing something with oh. a template, and yeah,
1: so that's annoying. frustrating. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's what I've been working on. It's just been working on drawers. Uh, I've gotten it takes about I don't know fifteen to twenty minutes per slider that I'm doing is I'm using the smallest bit so that I get a nice clean finish and I don't screw up as much and
0: So you're I- doing the whole drawer slide, right? There's no front
1: on. There's no front. So I'm taking the drawer slide off. Like the mm-hmm. it's a soft closed drawer slide. I'm taking I I drew around it. I take it off. I route a one5 millimeter, t- two millimeter deep uh hole and then I put it back, and then I do yeah, that for all eight of them on that one side.
0: Yeah, stuff that.
1: That sucks. I'm not, not putting that in the video. That. Good. Yeah. What have you been working on this week, Adam?
0: Me? Oh, um, I haven't really done much because my son had his fifth birthday yesterday for
2: um, today we're
0: recording. Yeah, the day we're recording, my son's birthday is yesterday, he turned five, and the day that this episode comes out, my other son turns one the day before. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, been working on birthday parties and all that sort of jazz, Um, and then when I had some spare time, I've been getting some editing done. Um, I thought my next videos were going to be my workbench, but I think I'm going to do the Floating shelf just to fill in time so I can spend more time on the workbench and making better videos. Nice.
2: So, yeah, that's about it for me. What about you, Molly? Nice. Um, Well, I finished up the leather bound journal, which was super satisfying. Um, I'm very, very happy with how it came out and. Huge shout out to uh, Jimmy Duresta and as I mentioned last episode, Sea Lemon. Their videos were like incredibly helpful and pretty much gave me everything I needed to make this project. Um, it, yeah, it was just like a lot of, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. So I finished up the video. Um, the day we are recording, it is all done. I'll probably post it on Thursday morning before this podcast comes out. Um, fun. Yeah. And what else? I, I, You know, it's funny. I just recorded the whole like Patreon podcast about it. So I have like all, I just had said like all the stuff about it. and I can't remember anything <laughs> else. Um, yeah, I did my first overnight 3D print uh, to do the printing plate for the cover because I embossed the whole cover. You know, it's a big slab. So those things tend to take a while to print. Um, and... Yeah, that turned out really, really Thank cool. you. Yeah. Um, I initially was... Like it took me a little while to figure out what I wanted to do on the cover. Um, I pretty quickly figured out that I wanted it to be just texture or a pattern and no text. I just wanted something there. Um, so I was thinking about all these different like textures, maybe trying like a three D embossing, maybe some like water ripple thing. Um, but then I just came back to like these Art Deco patterns, which I really love. So I just kind of like spent a few hours over the course of a couple of days, just like sketching in Fusion Three Hundred and Sixty. <laughs> And came out with this one with, like, all these levels of symmetry, um, which I really like. It's one of those patterns where you can just look at it and all the different kind of symmetry and the layers of it all come out. So it's, it's a nice tactile thing. Um, I, it, it looks, like, old. Not, not old as in, like, the,
0: like, as in you made it so long ago. Old as in, like, back from, like, the 70s.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe older. It's yeah, nice. I'm super excited to see it age. Um like mm. it's crazy looking at some of the leather stuff I've made over a year ago now and just how dark it gets. Um so I, I'm I'm trying to keep this one like close to the window so it it darkens pretty quickly and, and try to take it around everywhere, get a nice patina on there.
1: Yeah, totally. It's really like neat. So you came up with that design hundred percent on your own. That wasn't a pattern that you like copied from somewhere else. Correct.
2: Yeah. So I, I basically like, you know, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying I like invented it, you know, like triangles and diamonds. I was, I was looking at a bunch of art deco patterns and then, um, this one, I mean, I mean the video will be out by then. So I guess I'll talk about a little more specifically. I kind of just started by like drawing the X in the center and then was like, Oh, like draw a diamond. And then was, I knew I wanted the sort of like crisscrossing zigzag. So I started drawing those and just kind of played around in offsets. When you're doing stuff with symmetrical patterns, It's I feel like it doesn't take a ton of work to get something that looks really cool. Um,
0: I didn't even notice it was symmetrical at first, but now I'm looking, like once you started explaining the X in
2: the middle and the diamonds, then I noticed it was all symmetrical. Yeah, and actually, so this is a cool tip for Fusion 360. So uh, this, is, this sort of pattern was... We did a project kind of like this in my university uh, AutoCAD class where you had to like recreate this mural from like a mosque floor in AutoCAD. And it involved a lot of, you would draw the center lines and then you would offset them and then you would mirror all the symmetry. And it takes a really long time because you have to do all this trimming of all the interior lines because you have a center line and then you have the thickness of the lines. So I didn't want to put in all that work. Right. Um, And the cool thing about Fusion 360 is that you can extrude lines to form planes. So if you think about if you extrude a 2D shape, you'll get a 3D shape. If you extrude a line, you'll just get a plane that's perpendicular to that line. So that's what I did. I just Hmm. extruded the lines themselves. And then you can use the thicken tool to thicken the plane into a 3D something with depth. Um, So as long as I drafted it with that thickness in mind, um, it... It, it's just like a much nicer workflow. Hmm. Um, yeah, Ooh. so that show will be coming out. And I'm working on a secret project that I cannot talk about. Um, maybe I'll give some more hints.
1: Is this, is this after show secret? It's or like is
2: this secret, legally secret. secret. <laughs> but maybe I'll give some right. hints uh, in the after show. But I picked up That's some uh, some wood today. And uh, it was it was kind of stressful because, like, as everyone knows, you know, lumber—the lumber, lumber market—is pretty rough right now. We actually, it's affecting our business a lot at the steam project, <laughs> and we do a lot of work with eighth-inch Baltic birch plywood. It's like our main consumable, and we realized that um, we weren't going to be able to get any for a while. It's not just that prices have gone up; there's a shortage and like this was while we were doing in a training activity with the instructors where they were going to use half a sheet like a 24 or a 12 inch by 12 inch piece of baltic bridge plywood to design a little train car and um mid when they were designing i was like okay everyone change your plans we're going to use cardboard instead of plywood so it's a pretty pretty uh, palpable issue in my life right now and uh I could just I was on the Home Depot website and I was trying to figure out you know what kind of wood I wanted to use, and I guess could see the stock slowly dwindling um, this was like while I was designing and trying to figure out how much wood I needed, so I was like kind of stressed after work trying to figure out exactly it so I could make the order and uh, it was just a online shopping, especially with shortages like that is not a fun time
1: i I hear you one hundred percent have you looked at? My previous spiffy kjp select because they ship uh across north america including plywood and they have a giant stock of 6 12 15 and 18 millimeter plywood in stock Hmm.
2: um i so i haven't at work been really looking at the uh the baltic birch situation um I know that has been a lot of time has been put into that, so I feel like they've they've explored a lot of options and they they've they're often running with that. But for my project, it was like a single sheet of quarter inch four by eight. So like, um, there's a Home Depot need, but I just needed to get it and uh, bada bing, bada boom, it's all done.
0: So okay. you're complaining about how expensive wood's getting. How much would you pay? How much would you pay
2: now for a quarter inch full sheet? Of so that plywood? sheet cost me fifty bucks Canadian uh three ply so for us normal yeah our prices haven't gone up and it's 61 dollars see the thing is i don't even know if that's a high price like i didn't even really care about the price because like it doesn't in the scale of the project it's not really important i was like this is really the only material i need for this um i was more just concerned about the shortage i feel like it's it's Mm. it's something i'd be concerned about if i was buying a lot of plywood but for a single sheet it's like "Eh, what's 20 more dollars or whatever
1: Right, it's mm. it's the problem comes into home building. True. So, like OSB has gone from thirty five dollars a sheet to one hundred and ten. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Right. Let's so go. Baltic birch at at three quarter inch Baltic birch at at uh, four by 8 sheet at KJP is currently I think one hundred and twenty, maybe one hundred thirty, and that's Baltic birch versus OSB. I would if I could do my roof in Baltic birch, I would. <laughs> <laughs> right, like. <laughs> I, if if the choice was spend a little bit extra versus osb like osb i would i wouldn't put osb in my house unless that was the last option available but
0: yeah i'll just use
2: mdf
1: i would well mdf wouldn't yeah would. it was also <laughs> it was also
2: really annoying with the leather bound journal project um i mean bookbinding was a new craft for me and there was a lot of unknowns. Like I didn't know the type of like glue I needed to be like a bone folder, which is like a specialty tool. Um, and the paper was like, you know, my thinking is this is the core of this project. This is something that I want to get first and make sure it's right. And I spent like hours just looking at paper online because I couldn't walk into a store and just feel the paper. And luckily, like I did enough research that I got right. what I wanted, but it was just such a time suck not being able to shop in person.
1: I, yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent on that. Like it's so frustrating to not be able to see or touch or feel things when you're buying online.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Like the, I feel like there's this choice paralysis that happens when you're buying online. Like when you go into a store, there's only so much there. You look at it. It's either what you wanted or it's not what you wanted, or you buy the best of whatever you can afford. When you get online, you start looking, and then you find like this random one-off website that you're not even sure is a real website. That potentially some Russian hacker trying to, you know, scam you for your paper money. Uh, you know, like uh, it. But you get there, and you're like, there's so many options here. There's like fifteen hundred different types of paper. Yeah, I'm confused.
2: I so. 99% of the time, it's not Russian hackers. It's just that Amazon has created a system which incentivizes search engine optimization and not having to create an entire standalone business for product lines. So that's why you have all like manufacturers in China will have 20 brands that they sell their shoes underneath just because. That's the way the internet marketing works at the moment. It just makes sense for them to market under all these different names because when you offer all these different choices to people, there's that illusion of choice and people tend to buy something where they might not have otherwise. It's like you go into the grocery store and it's why there's 20 types of Oreos now.
1: It's interesting because for me, it actually makes it less likely that I buy something. Yeah. Yeah. Because I get broken. <laughs> it
2: is tough. Like, also, I'm sure, it, like, but again, it's you, p- the system recognizes people like you as well. It's why you you find things that have three thousand reviews, and Amazon thinks, well, most people are probably going to go with the one with 3000 three thousand five star reviews. You've also got like people doing drop shipping and stuff as well mm-hmm.
0: on Amazon, and that which mm-hmm. which makes it hard. Um, But I like things like wood and stuff. I've never considered even buying that online i mean we don't have a shortage so i suppose yet i mean and, I, and yet and I, I don't buy like you know expensive hardwoods and all that sort of stuff that i can't just buy from the local shop but i couldn't i, I it would i would be so stressed out if i bought wood online of what i'm actually going to get it's n- like you buy like 10 two by fours go know me, I'd get them. They'll be all
2: twisted and not even straight. It's actually kind of nice with Home Depot because they have such a great return policy that it's super easy to return stuff. Um so Yeah. Same for us. Unless but- you're getting like two by fours where the quality variability is like so high. If you're getting something that doesn't have a massive variance, um, I feel like the, cur- the whole curbside pickup thing, which I've been doing at Home Depot for like the last year now, has been like pretty good. It's only when I'm worried that something's going to run out of stock and it feels stressful that it's it's not so good. But the fact that, because I also don't really yeah. like shopping in Home Depot, if I do, like I've said before in this podcast, if I know if I don't know exactly what I want, I find it like a stressful experience. But if I know what I want and I can just curbside pick up it, I, it's usually really quick. It's usually ready within the next day so i'm i'm kind of liking it i'm probably going to continue to do curbside pickup for things that i don't feel like i need to touch and feel and pick out of a stack
0: i'm i'm not like that with bunnings but i'm like that with a lot of like other shops i'll do click and collect if i can because i just can't be bothered to go around and collect everything um again like it's stressful like i'd rather just go in get my package and walk out
1: there So there's like this plus and minus with it, right? There's the plus of they like go into the store and walk through it and find the thing that you ordered and pick it off the shelf and bring it out to you. But the minus is they grabbed the top three. Like I ordered yeah. three uh, sheets of three-quarter inch maple plywood from Home Depot through a curbside pickup because when I went into the store, they didn't have any on the ground and I couldn't find an associate to – get the ones off the you know like the high rack so I just said screw it I can see them up there I'll just go home and order it online and wait for them to like get it ready uh, so that's what I did I just said I'm not I have more I have better things to do with my time than stand around and try and find an associate so I went <laughs> home and I ordered but then I just got the first three and the first one happened to be warped and like yeah, yeah. could I I could have made a stink in the store. I could have said, "Hey, this one doesn't look good." I could have I could have returned it, like you're saying, Morley. They do have a great return policy, but the ret- it just makes it like frustrating. You get home and then you take it out and you're like, like this is not what I wanted, right? Like
0: yeah. I I was like that or- when I bought the MDF for my workbench top. I um there was one sheet left that I could easily grab myself off the shelf. But you could tell it was like the bottom sheet that has been like driven over with the forklift yeah. and it's like it's not damaged but it was just dirty. And I called an associate down and said, "Hey, can you get me a sheet from like the very top, cut open a brand new packet and give me a new sheet of MDF?" And he's like, "Oh, there's one right there." I said, "Yeah, but it's all dirty." He's like, "Oh, does it really matter?" I said, "Well, yeah, cuz it's a bench top, so I like I don't want the dirt on it because I want it to be clean." But if you're asking
1: for it, doesn't it really matter. That's so frustrating. When an employee oh, uh, it was, says, yeah. He, it he just matter? didn't want
0: to have to go get the forklift and stuff. But as soon as I said to him, look, I, I honestly, I just don't want the dirty one. He was like, yeah. To it's be all good. fair, I'll to be
2: it. fair to that employee, uh, retail associates have to go through a lot of crap. So uh, I'm, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and that's it. Oh, I didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't take it to heart or anything. Like he, he was, he was generally just like, does it like because people that buy MDF are usually. Very, yeah, they're not, they're not using that's it. The for, th- that's the thing that was too, was like it
2: for- Home Depot, most people aren't buying two by fours to build a DIY furniture project out of. Like we are not exactly. their target market. Um, actually, we've probably become a slight segment of the market because of the whole DIY YouTube culture, everything that's mm. got relatively popular in the last five, 10 years. But compared with like home building, as you mentioned, yeah. like that is that is what they're going to cater to like 99% of the time. Well I'm sure Home Demo Demo. I'm sure Home Depot is
0: very similar to Bunnings in the fact that it is actually way more expensive than it needs to be in the fact that they know that tradies will pay that price because they're not paying out of their own pocket. It's the people that are building the house are like, well, this is how much it is too bad. And that's why they charge so much. Whereas if you go to like a specialized place, you can get it a lot cheaper. I can drive two hours north and get sheets of plywood for 30 bucks each. Right. Or I go to so what pay you're paying.
1: Home. What you're paying for at Home Depot is the convenience of their hours. So if you yeah. want that other, because like my friend ordered a whole bunch of like wood to build a shed and- he was like he looked at the Home Depot prices, and then he called around, and it was way cheaper to get them through, uh, like oh, yeah, a, a different place. But it was available next week, and he was like, yeah. "I can't get it today. No, you got to they're going to deliver it next week. That's when you get mm. it, right?
2: And you're not even just paying the for the convenience of the hours. You're paying for the convenience of the location. I mean, most of those specialty lumber suppliers mm-hmm. are like not in urban areas, um. And it's funny, like we have a, we have a uh, charcoal grill in our backyard and I posted on my Instagram stories a couple weeks ago, but like we christened it uh, and we christened it with scrap wood because it was for some reason, the two big, big grocery stores that are like across the street, neither of them had charcoal, which I don't understand coming from a place where like the local grocery stores, that's just like a staple that they have. Um, so we wanted to grill again and... I was planning on just like using scrap wood or like trying to find it somewhere else. And we walked by a convenience store and saw that they had charcoal outside. I was like, Oh my God, there it is. I need to get it right now. Cause like, this has been such a pain to find. And as I'm walking inside, I'm like, this is going to be so expensive. And I go to check out and the guy's like $18 for a 10 pound bag or not even like nine pound bag of charcoal. And it was, it was the nicer charcoal. Yeah. And there was a moment where I was like, uh, And then I was like, you know what? I never have to think about this again. Like we have to use so little charcoal for grilling for two people. That's the price I'm paying for convenience. And honestly, it's pretty much worth it. We grilled that night. probably used about a tenth of the bag. I'm like, you know, two, three dollars for a dinner. Yeah, that's that's fine. So I feel like that convenience price a lot of the time like is kind of worth it, which is why it is what it is. It's like the market kind of works.
1: The only place I've seen charcoal in my entire life was when I worked at 7-Eleven. Really?
2: It's not a it's at, so it's just not a staple at grocery stores in Ontario.
1: I guess well, not in like southern that Ontario. That is so
2: strange to me. It is maybe maybe are. it's just also yeah. like we we grilled so much growing up like on the charcoal grill and it was just we would get it all the time and it was always at the front of the grocery store in New Hampshire.
1: I have Never, ever, ever in my entire life had food on the charcoal grill. Uh,
2: Grant, when you come to Toronto, we're going to cook up on the charcoal grill. It's the best. Nice. Yeah. Grilling with the pine yeah. scrap wood. Um, pine is not the best grilling wood. Uh, it's it, it has that little bit of pine no. sap taste. It's not like super strong, but – you know when you cook over like a campfire, it's the type of thing where like you want to eat it right then and there when the smoke is still kind of in your nose and it's disguising the pungency of the smell. But when you open a Tupperware of leftover when you open a Tupperware of leftovers the next day, you're like, wow, that is strong. <laughs> that is a smoky smell.
1: Well, you know, thinking about buying online versus buying in person. So i I was trying to get um, some screws. And screws seem like something very simple that you should be able to easily buy online, right? Mm-hmm. You should be able to just type in, like, here's the what I need. Tap, tap, tap. Here's what I want. Here's the dimensions. I want a number eight, two and a half inch machine screw with a round head, right? No, not that's like impossible to find. So I finally, they didn't have them at Home Depot, which I am like, I know they have them in Home Depot. They have them there. I've been there, I bought them, but I couldn't find them on the Home Depot online. So I said, screw it. I went to Canadian Tire and the Canadian Tire website is the worst, the worst website. I hate it so much, but they had them, but they had two different listings for them. And I went into the first listing and I was like, great, they have them, they have them in stock. It's the dimensions I want. Like every listing basically had like, when you got there, you got to choose your dimension. So I, I didn't think about it further. The other listing, one listing was for the five pack, and the other listing was for the uh 25 pack, and I needed 50 of the screws, and I and the five pack was three dollars and seventy-nine cents, and the twenty-five pack was six dollars. Hmm. And I didn't realize this, but I bought bought fifty. In the three five packs. Oh no. So I paid way too much. <laughs> and if I was in the store, I would not have done that because they're right beside each other, right? Like Yeah. So I paid yeah. so, like you know three f- ten times as much. I'm so frustrated with myself.
2: I'm gonna throw out a speculation. Who buys five screws? Uh people who don't five know me is better a who stupid are in a hardware number. store. <laughs> yeah. I'm sh- people buy, it, that's why they charge it and that's why they sell them. I'm sure it's it's more than yeah. you would think. So Here's my hypothesis for why screws are difficult to buy online because they're heavy. Heavy things are not incentivized to buy online because it's going to cost a lot to ship. And most e-commerce people want to offer free shipping. So if it's really heavy, they're probably not going to put a lot of work into selling it online. It's probably and again, true. it's probably most people yeah. who are buying it are in the trades and it's an industry that is not largely buying online. They have their supply chain. Um, they have their warehouses that they go to. So
0: I um, I keep a very big stock of screws because they're so damn expensive. I can't believe how expensive screws are. Um, mm-hmm. So once a year, do you guys have Audi yeah. in Canada? Yeah. So once a year, Audi brings out tools and screws and all that. And they sell like bulk, like, um, I think I pay $6 for 600 screws. So I just go and buy a crap ton. I I have like 20,000 screws down in my garage. Um, now they, the screws are fine, but the problem is if you use a screw and take it out, you can't put it back in because like the, the head is so cheap. It just threads. Um, Which to me though, but to me, I'm like, I have that many screws that I just, if I take it out, I throw it out and put a new Mm -hmm. one in. They're that cheap. Whereas if Mm -hmm. I go to Bunnings for 600 screws, I'm going to be paying like 50
2: bucks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's interesting how like, how variable the pricing of things are like across industries Mm. and space. Like you can, for example, when I was working um, for the scenery shop, we we're going to strike the set. We we're going to take the set down for Top Chef. And the main consideration there is we need to do it. Well, there's two main considerations. The first one is A, this we have three days to do this. So we need to do it as fast as possible. And then B, they probably want to reuse the set next year. So let's not destroy it. But if it gets battered up, it's okay. <laughs> so it's a balance between speed and efficiency. What's not important is saving every little screw. That is not a consideration. Yeah. So literally we're unscrewing mm-hmm. flats from one another, dropping the screws onto the floor, sweeping them into a pile and throwing them away. So when I saw that happening, I was like, are yeah. we, we're not, cause I was learning, right? I'm like, "Oh, so are we just not picking up the screws? And they're like, no, no one cares. So I was like, he's like, you should take as many as you can. So I like during downtime, I would just fill up a bag <laughs> with screws and I got like hundreds of, sc- of panhead screws. Oh and wood screws from that project that I still have now. Um, And it's just it's like those sorts of things just happen across industries. And it's amazing when you find the industry that doesn't care about the thing that you care about, and it's just like a match made in heaven.
0: Yeah. Well, I've talked about this before. Like when you see them doing renovations on, on station, like I see it all the time on the train, there's just sheets of plywood just stacked, and they literally just throw it all away to them yeah. it's nothing and I'm like but I can't take it because that's stealing no one will give me permission to take really? it and I'm not allowed to take it so. you can't ask like the yeah, site manager or something no that you're not allowed interesting hmm. yeah
1: well that's one of those times where stealing in person is much better than stealing online
2: I don't even know how you would steal online <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be like a hacker <laughs> you have to be yeah. a, ma- a man named 4chan uh,
1: well, when you were early, guys, you guys were talking about buying wood online and like going to Home Depot. So I did, I, I bought some wood from KJP and I ordered a bunch of just common maple because that's what all the plywood's maple, all the fronts are maple in my closet build. And I decided to order uh, like pre dressed lumber. So it's like dressed four sides. I, what mm. do you guys call that in
0: Australia? Instead of dress
1: four sides, you guys call it something different.
0: Dressed all around. Dressed all around. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, I was talking with Fix-It Fingers, and he he said I got some Dar wood, and I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, And I was like, (laughs) what? Uh, Anyways, so I ordered this. It's all like dress four sides, great lumber, right? And then I got enough wood to do my project, and they... Uh, also threw in. Well, instead of uh, the the two boards I ordered, they put in a two boards of curly maple, which is twice the price. Like it's instead of this nine dollars a board, it's twenty dollars a board. And I go, "Yeah." Well, I can't use it in this project because it doesn't look like the rest of the the stuff. And I go, "Uh, you know, it's it's kind of frustrating because I I got better wood, right?" I got, like, in in reality, I ended up with twice, I got twice the amount of money, right? But I had to go and order more wood, and hopefully it's, I got the email today to go pick it up, but I was busy at work, so I wasn't able to do it. But hopefully I don't get more curly maple. If I do, well, I'll say something. I wasn't inspecting it when they put it in my car last time, and I probably wouldn't have said anything because I probably wouldn't have thought about it. But I don't know. It's one of those things. Have you guys ever had that where, See, this where is something where you order online comes
0: in better than you expected, but it makes it worse for you? No. It's only made up. No, better. but this is where I wouldn't say anything. and just buy some more and then just keep well, the you people.
1: That's what I'm doing. If yeah. Matt, the owner, is listening, because uh, every once in a while he does listen. <laughs> Sorry, bud. You guys screwed up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um. No, I. I don't think I've had any experiences like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's happened to me a couple times where you you don't get what you ordered. You get something better than what you ordered, but it's not what you ordered. So it doesn't. It's just frustrating, right? Um. Yeah. I don't know. Another thing, like this week, I've literally been ordering a bunch of stuff online so there's this like thing going around that says like instead of ordering off amazon find that same thing from the the people that are you know the, that actual company and then buy it from them directly instead of through amazon um you know just in case uh, they'll make more money so i did that i ordered a trailer hitch and i went great it's you know whatever I found the company I ordered it from them. a different trailer hitch came than what I ordered. It was very similar, but because of the way my bumper is and the where my trailer hitch is, I need a very specific trailer hitch. It's the only one that'll work and they come in like a four inch riser and a five inch riser and whatever and I ordered the four inch riser one and a and a different one came and I just went like if I could have gone in store. And saw the selection. Yeah. I wouldn't have bought the wrong one. Like I know what I need, so I email them and I say, "You guys, you guys sent me the wrong one. You guys sent me part number ninety six forty three, and I needed ninety six ninety two, right or whatever." And what I got back was, "No, they're the same." <laughs> right? I got like, "No, are you sure?" This because there's only a little difference between the two. And I went right. And I already told you, like this what like I I wrote to them. I said, you sent me the wrong one. It won't work on my car. And they said, are you sure? Because
0: they're practically the same. And I went, no, obviously <laughs> practically I'm sure. isn't the same, exactly. Yeah. So I hate it when you I, get back. Oh well, we'll give you a refund of like half the amount. I'm like, that's not going to help me though. I still can't use the item. Oh,
1: yeah. oh no, they offered to yeah, they offered half the amount. That would have been nice. They offered a twenty percent discount.
0: Yeah, or even that, like. Like, It's not going to help me at all.
1: Right. And I I went, no. Well, they offer to refund as well. So
2: yeah. one thing that I kind of miss from in-store shopping is, um, is just being able to walk through aisles and just get ideas about stuff. Um, It's something I haven't done very many times, but um, just taking the time to like stroll through the aisles of Home Depot that I don't normally go down and look at all the different like plumbing fittings or the different appliances and stuff and just kind of think about ways that I might want to use them in a project or make them better. It's just not an option anymore. So, we live right across the street um from this place called Fema, and Fema is they make espresso machines. Um they make very very nice espresso machines. And they have these big plate glass windows in the front that just show off all their, you know, beautiful $10,000 espresso machines that cafes buy. Um, and I am like so excited to go inside and just walk around and look at all their stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't really know when, oh, well, it will, We will be soon ish in the next few months. What's really cool as well is that so you guys aren't actually allowed to go in shops. Um, not currently because of the stay at home order. We, we were Ooh. for a bit, they just had reduced capacity, but they kind of like, they kind of, um, clamped back down, <laughs> pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> In the past month, uh, but that stay-at-home order is tentatively lifting on June second. Um, yeah, right. So, you know, like currently, you can only really go into pharmacies, grocery stores, liquor stores, and other businesses that the government decides are essential. Well,
1: I, Which I is not like imagine a very like, long list.
0: We we have never got that far. Yeah, like, I have never not been able to just walk into any different shape. world, baby. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, so this is why I've been ordering so much stuff online is Mm. because I can't go somewhere. It's so frustrating. Like screws. Like, have you ever? Could you imagine if you're halfway through a project, you run out of screws, and you have to submit an order online, and hopefully they'll get to you before the end of the day. Yeah, (laughs) like that. No, that's yeah. That's that's what we're currently doing.
0: And that, and that's, that's what, um, to me like determines whether I buy online or not is like when I need it. I'm, I hate waiting for things. Like I used to, when I was young, I'd buy like a lot of like LED strips and all that. Cause I thought I was cool and put them in my car and and I would always buy them from China cause you could get them for like a dollar on eBay, but you had to wait a month yeah. for them to come. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I'll, I'll just go pay the 20 bucks for a strip mm-hmm. cause I don't want to wait. Like, yeah.
2: That's uh, I was I was listening to uh, an interview on the CBC, which Adam is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It's like our public radio here, and um, it was a guy talking about the travel industry during COVID, and just how the nature of his business has changed so much, in the fact that people used to not care about all the terms and conditions when they would book a trip. they Be like, ah, eh, you know, I don't need insurance. Uh, I don't really care what the refund policy is. But now yeah. people spend like three times the amount of time being like, okay, so like, when can I cancel until? And like, what is the refund? Like all of those things that you didn't used to care about, but now are so important because Mm. it's actually happened. It's like, you don't care about fire insurance until you have a fire in your house. Um, Yeah, it's, it's similar, like shifting of priorities with like, you know, paying for the expedited shipping time. It's like, you know, it's like we were talking about earlier, like paying for convenience. Like, oh, of course I'm gonna pay $30. Like I need this as soon as possible. I'm Hmm. not going to wait an extra day or an extra week (laughs) more likely.
0: Yeah. Right. Was I bought, um, I bought some headphones online and I paid for express shipping because I don't want to wait for it. Mm -hmm.
2: It's funny that like drone delivery hasn't sped up during COVID, but I guess there's so many people in sprinter vans that are just doing all the Amazon fulfillment that uh, it hasn't really been. There hasn't been a push for it.
1: It's what you guys have sprinter vans a lot. Yeah, lots of sprinter Uh, vans. Most of ours are. It's either a white Dodge caravan or the person's like personal car.
2: There's some of that, but I think just because of the density here, it's you know they're trying to cram as many packages as they can into a. Volume and Sprinter vans are big boxes, so it makes a lot of sense.
1: I, I'm guessing, like Sprinter van, I heard once Amazon started really ramping up, became very difficult to buy. Yeah,
2: they're they're like because, the hot commodity in Toronto.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So what? Does because Amazon they, they, have they make their really own good. delivery people. They do. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how they do it. They have mm-hmm. their own fleets. I think they also have like a gig economy sort of set up.
1: So Amazon yeah. has in the states has their own delivery people maybe mm-hmm. in Toronto around here they don't use an Amazon delivery they use uh like a courier service that basically
2: yeah
1: like it's called telecom. it basically services the Amazon warehouse like mm-hmm. you, know, you know like that's what their whole business model is based off of and they're all based on like these gig economy like how many deliveries can you get out yeah so, although I mean,
2: Amazon's kind of not their their mo is to insource most of their operations and vertically integrate. So I feel like probably as a whole their business model is moving towards just doing all their own fulfillment because um, they can they'll figure out a way to do it cheaper than if they pay other people to do it. Well, unless you're saying if the gig economy you know not paying unemployment premiums and all that stuff is cheaper, then maybe they'll just continue doing that. It's crazy though, like. Yeah. There is a whole the the town of Brampton, Brampton outside of Toronto is just like most of it is Amazon warehouses. That's where all the massive Amazon warehouses are. Football fields. We're getting we, one
1: here in Ottawa. I think it's a million square feet.
2: Well. Like, we it's any. an
0: it's a stupid amount. It's like it's going to be one of their biggest warehouses. We've really just actually got Amazon Um, previously, if you went to amazon.com.au, which is like the Australian one, it was a bookstore. Yeah. And yeah. So now, um, they've finally integrated like that. It's an actual, what Amazon, what you guys think Amazon is. And I think we have one warehouse in Australia. Interesting. And that's,
2: that's one of the reasons I like doing this podcast is just finding out the different, like, like cultural differences just between our places. I feel like with the YouTube maker community, sometimes it feels like even if people don't have a business locally, there seems to be this like pressure to talk about businesses that most of an audience knows about. Like, you know, Mm. like people will talk Mm. about like Home Depot or like Ryobi, um, even if where they live, this is kind of just speculation, but I kind of feel like there is this pressure to talk about brands that are widely available for the majority of the audience, most of which if you're speaking in English is in the United States. So, and it's, it's, it's funny how often that doesn't reflect reality.
0: Well, it's, it's even like you guys say home Depot and stuff all the time without thinking about it. And like, to me, I know what Home Depot is because I watch a lot of like YouTube and YouTube DIY and all that sort of stuff. Where, where every time I say Bunnings, I feel like I need to explain what Bunnings is. Oh, it took me to like thirty
2: episodes then, to know what you were talking about.
0: Yeah, and then just <laughs> like, and then just before when I mentioned it, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to explain it, and I'm just gonna. Say it as if it's completely it took old. me forty episodes like, so to figure out what Mac Mac was,
2: and that it is just McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: So in Canada, we had uh, a a place called Rona, which do we like, not still have it? It could have like really, so it's not Canadian anymore. Oh, Lowe's bought okay. it, so now it's American. They really, really held out a long time. It was a Quebec-based uh, business. Anyways, they could have capitalized on this whole Corona thing, but they didn't. Because Lowe's bought Ronays <laughs> onto Rona
2: I've been very disappointed. It's expensive and has bad selection.
1: Oh, interesting. Every time I went to Rona here, I was like their customer service was like ten times that of Home Depot.
2: Hmm. It's probably it's probably location. When I go location. to Lowe's
1: Right. When I feel like I go to the Ottawa, the Lowe's near my house, I feel like it feels like Walmart.
2: Yeah. It's the blue, which is
1: like it's very, very, very bright. But <laughs> that's good luck so finding anyone that can help you.
2: Yeah, Lowe's is like Home Depot, but the color temperature is just colder.
1: <laughs> that's literally the so, difference. Anyways, yeah, it's it's. So we used to have Rona, and anytime I would say Rona in the last year, people would say coronavirus, and no, no, oh, yeah, that's not where I'm going.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. We, we had a place pop up all over, um, Australia called Masters and it was meant to be like the competitor for Bunnings. So it's like how Lowe's and Home Depot and Bunnings just completely shut them down. Like they completely went bankrupt here. Hmm. Um, we have another place called, um, home, home timber and hardware, but it's all like little mom and pop shops, but no one uses them because they're not convenient, like Bunnings, like they're little shops.
2: So we have something in Canada called Home Hardware. I wonder if they're related because that sounds very similar.
1: It's oh, it's when you were saying that I was like that. It sounds exactly like <laughs> like they're all mom and pop shops who like own this like part of a franchise. Thing. I I
2: feel like Home yeah, Hardware exactly. is the darling of Canadian hardware stores. Like Grant, correct me if I'm wrong, but my impression is like. It's a franchise it's it's either a very well-operated franchise or a chain. And they try to preserve the ownership of the original ones. Like it always says like Dave and Charlotte's home hardware. Like they, they, yep, put, the, 100%. they put the owner's name prominently on it. Super good customer yep, service. Everyone's same. really nice. They have a lot of like good seasonal stuff that like the big box stores probably don't have. Sometimes like a little specialty sections if it's owned by a certain like ethnic minority, they might have like their wares. Or, or whatever they make that's like extra special. I, I like Home Hardware.
1: Mm-hmm. I like Home Hardware too, but it's exactly what Adam said. It is not like I never even there go there and to it. And it's like. Yeah. The times I've gone there, it's like I need three of these things and they only ever have two of them in stock. Mm. Right. Like whatever it is I need, yeah. they only have
2: one less. You just want them to be. Like, I just I wish needed. you guys were better because you're so great. But <laughs> right. you're just not exactly. it. it's the kid who's just coming in last in the race, but you're just rooting for. Right. It's funny, except the home yeah. hardware. So we I have one like very close to me, like across the street and then down a block. Um, and they have a little storefront. But then way behind and extended, like the entire length of the block is just a massive lumber yard. And I think they're like the largest lumber supplier for this part of the city. And that's like their main business. Oh, well, It's just none of the lumber is what I want. Like, it's all construction grade wood. Like, mm-hmm. like they Fair. don't even have, they don't that's even have Baltic bridge. It is bridge. unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Most places don't. Yeah. Like that's why that like KJP is able to sell it online. Like, I feel like. They they'll ship to I your feel like door. I most
2: lumber suppliers do, unless they're like specifically a construction lumber supplier. If it's a more general lumber supplier, I feel like they a lot of times have it. I don't know. I don't know. know. I'm I'm out of my wheelhouse.
0: Um, I feel like that hour just went very quick. Yeah, and that we could talk for so much longer. Um, but I do think we should move on. Um, I want to thank our Patreon supporters for your support, I guess. Um anyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to the pre show and after show and gets a sick keychain from our one and only Molly. Um and any other bonus content that we put up there, but not really that often. Um yeah, so if you want to support us, it's patreon.com slash clamp. I'm never going to. Don't good downplay the app show. The app um, show
2: is the bonus content. The app show is what you're there for.
0: Oh, yeah. The, 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 no, I was saying like we don't really put up much um, other it, bonus Yeah, but don't worry content. about extra bonus content. You're,
2: that, you're coming for the app yeah, show. This week, it's, it's the best.
1: Yeah. I'm going to it be is. talking about this week in something, something secret. Ooh. Well, it's not very secret, but it's a little bit secret in whether or not I, <laughs> I'm going to be breaking the law Ooh. in Ooh. the future. Oh, I like that. So sign up for the Patreon to find out whether yeah. or not I should break the law.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but we understand that everyone isn't into Patreon and, and all that sort of stuff. So we would just appreciate a share or um, like if you can share a show out. That helps us immensely. Um, leaving reviews helps a lot.
2: Molly likes to, um, to read them, and we actually have one this week. All right. I'm going to do it now then because that's the perfect segue. So – Review yes. this week. Um, I'm going to say his name afterwards. So I'm going to read the review first. So five-star review. Thank you very much. Um, and in his voice, he says, <clears throat> Wonderful conversations between three awesome fellas. While they're all makers, the topics discussed can apply to the many facets of life. It'll be a shame when this podcast has to find a new host because Adam, I'm sure, will soon be taken captive by kangaroos. Although that may lead to a spin-off show where Morley and Grant play the Liam Needing role in Taken and Hunt Down the Rogue Roo that holds their co-host captive. I believe you know where I am, and I expect an exaggerated, over-the-top version of that accent. Please and thank you. And that is from Justin O'Flair, or I think it's O'Flair, uh, from Bear Make It. Thanks very much, Justin.
1: <laughs> okay. I love that. Don't say where it's from. I would like everyone in the to go on Instagram. And comment on this show's Instagram post about where you think Morley was trying to be. Ooh, I like and if that. your name is Justin from Bear Maked, you can't comment.
2: I will say too hmm. that having spoken to Justin, uh, I was more going for his voice rather than the region he's from. But I think he also has the Which accent of the he, he,
1: he has. Yeah. yeah. Totally. All Even right. though he lived in Arizona
0: for a bit.
2: <laughs> Mendations. <laughs> yep. Let's move on to Clantmendations.
1: Mendations.
2: All right. My right. Clantmendation this week, I realized I already shot him out, but he deserved a second one because he's doing awesome work. Kevin Raposo at the Speedy Photographer, or at Speedy Photographer, rather. There's no the. Uh, he was one of our guests on Into the Spotlight, and he's just killing it. Like I think he's up to like over 5,000 subscribers on YouTube now with a relatively young channel. Um, He puts out Hmm. like really, really great to the point photography tutorials. Um, He has a full paid course as well, but honestly just his like short stuff on Instagram, his tips about like focus and aperture and just like larger macro level things about photography um, are just really, really great. Um, So his Instagram account is still pretty small. So go check him out. Um, His Main, the account that I'm talking about is at Speedy Photographer, but you can also find him at Kevin Raposo. He's on YouTube, TikTok as well. I just found he's like doing pretty well on TikTok as well, but he's a good guy, and um, he's really putting a lot into these videos. Cool. Uh, well, my
0: acclimation this week is going to be a series. It's season three, but it's called Kartrek. Um three huge three like big car YouTubers pretty much just like made their own version of top gear. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. Um, seasons one and two are really good, but they're halfway through season three at the moment. They're releasing an episode like every couple of days. Yeah, it's mm. really good. They bought some old for, um, they like have a competition of like who can buy, they had to buy a Ferrari for the price of, uh, Camry and then drive it across America. So Yeah. Well, that's fun. Hmm.
1: Well, for me this week, I'm going to be uh, giving my clamp mandation to uh, Skull and Spade 13, Britt McAfee, for his battle-ready armor-plated leather Converse shoes that he made for uh, uh, I, Jessup, um, Jessu Ueda. Um, What I like about this is not just how... Like, obviously, they're kind of cool. Like, they're, like, not – it's, like, they're not functional shoes, right? They're they're obviously wearable. But they're, like, you're not going to wear them every day. But what he did is he actually took them and, like, he knows that Jess's style is, like, two different colored shoes. So, he brassed one of them. And, like, I just think they, they turned out really good. Um, they're in response to a bunch of people telling her that she needed to wear steel-toe boots when she was working on her house and – What's better than steel toe boots than armor plating? Um, and I just think they they turned out really well. And I know he put a lot of uh, you know like work into it, and I I think it it turned out really great. So you should go check out that video. I think Brett's one of the people that's one of the most undersubscribed uh, YouTubers out there. He's uh, just about getting hitting. Uh, I think he's at twenty nine thousand subscribers, and he deserves way more for how much work he puts into his videos. By the way, this happens to be a maker adventure video, which is my favorite of his. Um, If you haven't checked out the maker adventure series, it's awesome. It's like, he has like a little video game intro and outro and like inventory. It's, it's like the most fun. I know it's so much work and it's probably not worth the, the effort that he puts into like, for how many views it, it, it nets him. But I, I personally feel like those are his, like they're the ones, they're the videos that I really love the most that like maker adventure thing. I don't know. Anyways,
0: go watch. Yeah, it's cool. So, something different too. Totally. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I to thank uh, TF turning for our theme music and you can find us at clip, yeah, clip cast on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook, and I think that you can also a...
2: watch the show on YouTube. Um, oh yeah, so you can watch the show. On on and YouTube. Beautiful YouTube. you can
1: see if you, well, should, so, yeah. can you flex for the camera, morally? Let's go. Look at those muscles! Jesus Christ. Jesus. Huh.
0: do you have a license for those guns? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <I'll talk> later. <laughs> I you don't know why there's not a new Harry Potter movie or something, because they won't do it to her specs. Well, the series is over. Like what okay. she wants or something. There was some, Maybe it wasn't Harry Potter, but there was something where they the writer of the book refused to oh, make a movie. because is it Game of Thrones, Maybe it was Game of Thrones. Yeah. They didn't finish it. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, there was a big controversy. He was pissed off the way they ended it and stuff. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well. They basically said, you've got, like, five years to write another book. And he said, no problem. Start your show. And five years later, he still hadn't finished the book. So... (laughs)